Dirty Bird Nation, what's good? As usual, it's your boy, Southbury706. This is Dirty Bird Nation Report, the unofficial official podcast of Falcons Twitter. We have Gift Queen and It's Tribbles. What's good, y'all? What's going on? Call that shit, but I'm still here. <laughs> yes, so are the Falcons. The Falcons have made it to the playoffs for the second season in a row under ooh, Coach Rise Up, under Dan Quinn. So we're excited. It wasn't pretty, but it's not always pretty, man. As long as you get it done, that's all that matters. So what we're going to do, we're going to go over a couple of things. Uh, Tribbles and Giffen were actually at this uh, game, so uh, we'll actually let them talk about it a little later. But just want to go over last week's game a little bit. Uh, again, it wasn't too much going on. It was a win, so Falcon Twitter wasn't acting too wild. But just from watching the game, there's a few things that concern me as far as some of the play calling was concerned. And I feel that a lot of people who were, you know, on the fence about being hashtag fire Sark were kind of full bore fire Sark because some of the play calling still just leaves a lot to the imagination. It feels like once he finds something he thinks he can explore that works, he will continuously do it. Like, I can't say how many times I saw him run the same sweep from last week multiple times. And then after that didn't work, he started running screens multiple times. I guess he saw that he could exploit the outside of the defense or something, but, bro, like, this isn't college. I even tweeted that I'd love to play Sark and Madden because his play calling is super predictable. Like, I sit at home like, okay, yep, this is what's going to happen. Sure enough, it did. So if I can do that, I know the defense coordinators can do that. So, yeah. Um, besides that, there was one bad thing where they ran the 12-gauge. Guys, it's not the Wildcat. It's the 12 gauge. Which 12 gauge. A, yes, which new is at the quarterback. I, I didn't like that call on third and one. I feel that was a horrible call. Like, just line up with Freeman. Why are you being cute? So many bad things have happened when you do trickery. That could have been a fumbled handoff. He made a bad read, or somebody, I think he could do with the play, but he should just handed it off. But essentially, you should just lined up, said, hey, we need one yard. Let's run down the gut with Freeman, who is pretty solid for getting us one yard. So. But other than that, man, the defense, again, paid their half the rent and more, as usual, holding them to only one touchdown the entire game and actually giving Cam Newton his worst start in his career starting out. Oh, and eight. eight. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, yeah. <laughs> which is crazy. A lot of people were caping for him. Uh, actually, this, Cam gets a lot of slack, man. People were caping oh, yeah. for him, saying, like, hey, he needs receivers. And then you had other national pundits saying, that, oh, Cam Newton is holding this team back. So you can't be both. It can't well, I mean, be both those things. I mean, just being local, you know, just being in Charlotte, like Cam Newton revived the Panthers organization, you know, coming off of that 04, I think it was either 2003, 2004 loss um, to the Patriots with Jake Del Home. Like they were looking for identity as far as um, a team. And when they drafted Cam and Cam using his legs and that big athleticism, like the athleticism that he possessed, like he put, I guess, Charlotte back on a map from a sports sense. Um, you know, because they don't have a major league baseball team, the Hornets haven't, you know, haven't been performing good. They're always one and done in the playoffs if they can get in. So, you know, to have Cam come in and then take them to the Super Bowl in 2015, a lot of people put their energy into that team and into Cam as an individual. So you will see a lot of like, I guess, like cuddling as it pertains to Cam, um, definitely with the Charlotte sports media. But like you said, those national guys there, they're sticking it to him because that loss was on Cam Newton. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's what they'll say, man. There's still a lot of people. I randomly ran into a guy that's like, oh, Cam Newton needs to grow up. And I'm like, okay, man, like, I get it. Cam sometimes does things that, you know, makes you scratch your head. But let's not act like 
players like Tom Brady doesn't go on the sidelines throwing shit and cursing at people, acting the fool. When he does it, he's this he's a competitor, he's a warrior. But when other players like say an Odell Beckham Jr. does that, he screw up. So definitely different players get different kind of treatment. Again, I understand Tom Brady has the rings, but we're just going based off the behavior and like let's let's judge people weekly. Yeah, I think my gripe with, with Cam Newton is more so uh, as how he carries himself in regards to like wins and losses. So, you know, at that 2015 season, they took one loss to the Atlanta Falcons. But, you know, from that, from those 15 games that they won, Cam is smiling, he's dancing. You know, he's taking these same brutal hits that he complained about the season after. Like all of these things are still happening, but he's dancing, he's smiling, he's running around, he's starting waves, he's taking pictures, and that's fine and dandy. That's cool, you're winning. But when he's losing, you know, you want to not sit in press conferences and do things that you're supposed to do as an athlete. I mean, that does set a bad example, but I do agree, you know, most definitely with what you were saying in regards to like the Odell Beckhams and the Cam Newtons compared to Tom Brady and Gronk and things like that. Yeah, Gronk is a whole nother. Gronk, you know what? Gronk is white privilege personified. Gronk can do no wrong. Gronk can act a fool. Gronk can be out here drinking, hanging out with porn stars, not get any flack and still be on your local Disney Channel sports show. I'm like, come on, bro. Like, let's. <laughs> Anyways, getting off, getting off that. So back to the Falcons. Uh, Giff, what, what were your thoughts? I know you were uh, out there at the stadium enjoying the uh, billion dollar Falcons playpen. So how was that? I'm, I'm kind of mad I couldn't go. This is actually the first time in probably seven years I haven't gone to a home Falcons game. So I'm kind of, wow. yeah, you know, I. I'm not living godly right now, so I got to get my life together. But how was the stadium, man? It looks it looked pretty cool from TV, but I hear the inside is amazing in person. Man, y'all want to get into that? Let's get into it. That stadium is fucking amazing. Like I took the Marta from the airport, and you could see it. It's just like so fucking mesmerizing, just from the outside, from afar. And that Falcon, when you get up close to that shit, I was like. Holy shit, this is the most beautiful bird statue I've ever seen in my life. But it's too damn cold to take a picture, so I ran inside. Because it was, it was definitely cold. cold. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not tailgate. So to those of y'all who are like, I'm tailgate and meet me, sorry, not sorry. It was too fucking cold for me to be out there. I ran right into the gates. Um, shit, where should I start? I mean, you go in and it's just like, all I did was look up, and I de- I was dead ass looking around in awe. Like I see, I'm a kid seeing Santa for the first time. I'm just like, wow. And my boy, um, the real J J twelve, I think that's his name. He was with me. And I follow him on Twitter. He was like, he was kind of looking at me like, um, can we like walk? Because I was dead ass in awe. Um, it was like it was beautiful, but. The team store was tall as shit. I saw Lolo the snob there. She's fucking beautiful. I met Tribbles. She's also fucking beautiful. And SB on Twitter is I met her, and she's also fucking beautiful. So y'all are right. DBN has well, some most you. beautiful, beautiful women out of every sports team there. So I just want to say that. Um, let me t- address y'all who kept hitting me up about the stadium, trying to make sarcastic remarks about people being in their seats. Was it crowded? Why aren't people in their seats and all that shit? Okay. There were a million Falcons fans there. It was packed. 
and almost every single seat was taken. Maybe like one seat in every row wasn't taken. Um, even if they weren't taken, they don't have to be taken. Because if you go to the stadium and you go on the second level, every other section has a bar, right? So you skip one section, go to the next section, it's a bar. And at the bar, it's an open um, field where you can directly see the, um, the field. It's, how do I explain it? So the bar, there's no seats blocking your view, so you can directly see the field from the bar. So you don't have to be in your seat to be loud to participate in the game because people can hear you, it's open, and it's literally every other at every other section. And then upstairs, I met Tribbles at the, uh, what was it, the 100-yard level? Yeah, the 100-yard um, bar on the 300 level. Yeah, it was on the 300 level. Tribbles says everyone's ugly up there. So if you have, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a seat up there, um, sorry. She said everyone's ugly if we saw you. Everybody that I ran into was ugly. It's <laughs> <laughs> ugly. That bar is literally uh, like 100 yards it has great drinks. It's got tables. You you can stand. There's TVs everywhere. You can watch the game. You can meet your friends and participate. It's everything. So everyone needs to go to that game. Um, shit, I cannot talk right now. I'm not even drunk. I'm just cold. Excuse me, y'all. Everyone needs to go to a game <laughs> at least one time and see for yourself so you can stop asking. Oh, why aren't people in their seats? Why aren't people in their seats? You're making us look bad. You're making us look bad. Go to one game, get standing room, standing room only tickets, and you will see why people are not in their seats. And it's not a bad thing at all because you can still perfectly see the game from anywhere inside of that stadium. And, wait a minute. In the fans' defense, now last year I had the pleasure, you know, during that su our Super Bowl bound season, I went to like six or seven. Well, no, let me not lie. Maybe like four or five home games. Mm -hmm. Um, and literally, it's just to be honest, it's just the Atlanta way. Like they tailgate to the last minute. If you're not, you know, like by second quarter, the whole place is packed. You can't move, you know, and. Luckily, now we're in a bigger stadium, so when second quarter rolls around and it's packed, people are moving around and going to different bars and that. But I just think it's really the Atlanta way or the Atlanta Falcons fans way that we just show up late. I mean, I personally don't show up late because I pay money for, you know, good money. But a lot of those people, like you said, have been going to games for seven, eight years. Like, it's not a big deal to be there at kickoff. Right. <laughs> like, for some people, that's just not their MO. Oh, so. Um, yeah. And even with that, during kickoff, it was pretty much full. Yeah, from what I from where I was standing and from what I saw, the stadium was pretty much full. And then by the time the first quarter, like five minutes into it, it was fucking packed, and it was a sea of red with a couple blue splotches. But no, not that Carolina. Many. That's one thing. Also, I'll give Carolina. I'd really like to give credit to a lot of our rivals or whatever. But Carolina traveled pretty well. It was only a four-hour trip, but they traveled really, really well. And you know, a lot of people in Atlanta are Cam Newton fans, not necessarily Panthers fans. But fan mm -hmm. Cam Newton, so um, to see him go out and start 0-8, it was great because I actually sat on the visitor side. Yes, I was in my Falcons gear, but um, just to see their faces, like, with him just messing up, it just made me feel good for the day. So, yeah. 
Definitely. So I hopefully, uh, I'm pretty sure next year I'll be able to go out there. Uh, I'll make it a point. Uh, but being live in the stadium, how did that Matt Ryan juke on Luke Eagley look? Stop. <laughs> oh my God. I was dying laughing. Like everybody like, I in my, my section. <laughs> me too. Everybody in my section stood up except for the couple Panthers fans. And we were dying laughing. Like it was so funny because they kept replaying it over and over again. And we were just laughing. Like, did he really just do that? And then when they, they announced that he got 13 yards, I fell back in my seat and was just cackling. It was like, I, can't, I couldn't believe it. In my section, there was a lot of Matt Vick cheers. Um, I thought that was only yes. a Twitter thing. So you know, to hear, that, to hear that in real Vic. life, I was like, that's it. Like, Matt, yes. Matt Vick. You know, we're doing it. So uh, it, was, it was crazy, though. It was crazy. That whole game, I think, um, you know, Quinn didn't send out, like, an invitation for us to be loud and, you know, Mm-mm. get us into the game. But I just think naturally what was online, what was, you know, what was at stake, everyone in that building knew it on both sides of the ball. And Atlanta fans and Atlanta team came out the dominant player um, on yes. Sunday, last Sunday. And it, they sh- we showed out. Like, Atlanta fans showed out. Anything that happened, like, just one pass that was made, it was just screaming and yelling. Freeman, when he juked on whoever, when he did that juke, everybody was just out of their seats. Like, every single time, even in my section, at least on my side, from what I could see, when, every time Matt Bryant scored, you know, everybody jumped up out of their seats. Every first down, people were out of their seats. I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Honestly, they do this hand motion and they're like, first down, and they say some shit, some shit. They say, like, they say, move that chain, move that chain, move. Oh, because I was like, what the fuck are they saying? I didn't know what they were saying. Yeah. Uh, but, that must be and, new because I didn't remember that last year. Ah, I, know we do yeah. the, I know we do the Falcons. First down, I remember that. Well, yeah, they do the first down, and then after that, you say, move that chain, move that chain. Oh, that's what they're saying. I didn't really get out. I mean, we, like, (laughs) honestly, every game I've been to, they do it. Like, it's typically the older people, so you can tell, like, the season's ticket owners and stuff. You know, the younger people, of course, they've been to games a lot, so they do it as well. But you can tell it's probably something that started out a very long time ago, and just, you know, certain people just keep it going. Yo, yeah. real quick, back to the stadium. I mean to cut you off, but yo, did they play any like trap music in the stadium? Like some Gucci Man, some Migos? Like, what was the music like? Yeah, I mean they definitely. I mean it's Atlanta. They definitely go with some of the trap music. You you don't really hear. Honestly, I I will make a note. I was also very drunk at the game, but um, we'll pray know, for you. Shout out to the very cheap concession prices. But anyway, yes. um. For the most part, and like this, and this is comparing from last year and this year, they play a ton of trap music. I don't really think I've been in there and heard like any alt, like I guess alternative music or pop music or anything. It's usually like hip hop, heavy bass, you know, like cl- classic hip hop songs. They do put, you know, they play Migos and things like that. But I mean, no, and well, one song was <laughs> off. Um, they played one Lauren Hill record. For some reason, and I was sure. like, how, how, how is, yeah, because um, the real J12 pointed it out. He was like, why the fuck are they playing Lauren Hill? I was like, what? And I listened, and I was like, it's actually Lauren Hill. They did. They played Lauren Hill at least two times. And I was like, what the fuck? But, but was that like, like way before the game, or was that like during that was, like, that was during. That was during that was during the game. You know how they play those like ten second songs or 
you know, song clips or 20, oh. I don't know how long it lasts. They played like a little bit and I was like, what the fuck? Actually, that was weird. Real quick, shout out to the, the viewers who are watching us on YouTube. If you watch right now, hit us with the hashtag DVRN or Dirty Bird Nation Report on uh, Twitter so we can show you some love, man. So shout out to you. Hit us with the hashtag. Us right now? Yeah. Hit us with the uh, hashtag DBNR and we'll uh, shout you out. So, but yeah, I'm definitely going to check out the stadium uh, next year. Just going through the tweets that I put out during the game, I just remembered a couple more things. Hands down, the MVP of this game to me was Matt Bryant. Like, he continues oh, yeah. to be the, the best offensive yep. weapon with a team of with players like Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. He continues to be the most consistent, the most clutch offensive player we have at his age is unbelievable. That is a testament to either him being really good or him really honing his craft the years he's been in the NFL. So shout out to Matt Bryant, man. You were truly earned the nickname Money Matt Bryant. Like, you were yes. the shit. He should they, also adopt me. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. So shout out to him. Uh, start doing the paperwork for that. But there was one play in particular. Like, I know we didn't really put this in the notes, but we, we're going to talk about it anyways now. This is one thing going to the playoffs we cannot have, which uh, everybody's talking about, is the undisciplined plays all across the board. Uh. Special teams, offense, defense. Like, for example, we had a false start on a quarterback sneak. Oh, yeah, I remember that play. Oh. We can't do that. You cannot do that going into this game next week. We cannot have those many that those kind of mistakes, as limited as our offense has been. Anytime we have the opportunity to make conversions, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. I was what? like, I was wasn't like, that on Hooper? Wasn't that on Austin Hooper that false start? I, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Uh, but in his defense, I will say I think it was maybe not one play, but two plays later, they drew up a play and got him the ball, and he he moved it down the field. So, like you said, I think with football, mistakes are going to happen. Whether they plan them, whether it's mental, whether the refs don't see anything, they're going to happen. But I'm more concerned with our players being able to get a call thrown on them, they shake it off, in the next play or, you know, the next two plays, they're back at the ball or they're on, you know, they're making that tackle or whatever the case may be. I know mental mistakes are going to happen, but can you bounce back and get back to where you need to be? That's what I'm concerned about. Well, to my point with the mistakes, I'm not – I'm not going to judge all mistakes equally. I'm not going to judge the same because, again, I can understand if it was a play where there was like a, a hard count or a silent count where there's most emotions. It's a quarterback sneak. You line up and he dives over for, for one yard to get, to get the uh, conversion. Like that's, that, that's a very bad mental mistake to me, especially at home. I can see if it's on the road, it's super loud. But, bro, we're literally all just going to go forward. There's nothing complex about that. Maybe it's the NFL. I get it. It's not as simple as we're making a scene, but that's that has to be probably the easiest play you're going to run all day. Like, hey, quarterback sneak on two, ready break. <laughs> There's no yeah. motions, all kinds of you know uh, what is it? Uh, John Gruden's thing, the, the spider Y two banana. No, it's hey, quarterback sneak. Cool, bet. <laughs> Let's do this, and you get a you get a false start. Like that's crazy. So as a team, we can't do that stuff. Special teams can't be. Can't be hitting uh, guys returning the ball. You, you have to let them give the opportunity a fair catch. Now, in his defense, it looked like he's trying to get out the way, but we, we cannot. That's Again, those are mistakes. Can't have them, man. Cannot yeah. have them. What I am the most fed up with when it comes to getting penalties is on the fucking kick returns. Now, I am not a fan of 
whatever his name is. What's his name? Roberts, 19. Andre Roberts, who is yes. who, who finished the league I, second, second in kickoff return yards. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I am not a fan of him. But when he actually does some good for us, when he gets past the 20, it is always brought back because one of you idiots out there gets a penalty and guess where we're back right back at the fucking goal line on sunday i was like no stop stop i think it happened twice and i was like no just please please just just hold the ball do a fair catch do not go anywhere because every time you do we're back right at the goal line like can y'all sit we're about to go in the playoffs hardy and gabriel they have what doing practices. They're practicing kick returns. Yeah. And if, if they go far and you fuckers get a goddamn penalty and bring them back, I'm going to fucking lose it. I don't fucking have time. This is the playoffs. We don't have time for this shit. Okay. We're about to play the Rams. We don't have time for this shit. Our offense right now cannot really be trusted to get the ball back down the field after y'all bring us back to the goal line. They haven't been consistent in doing that. Don't at me with your BS talking about, yes, we can. No, we, we can't. We're not consistent. Yeah, I'll, def- it is what it is. I'll definitely give my hot take about that later. But, uh, Tribbles, did you see the – they were talking about that, in fact, Gabriel and Hardy were seen returning punts this week? Oh, yeah. The, and that made me excited, honestly. Um, Ooh, buddy. Kind of, but I, I kind of have the reserves, like, like Give Queen said, you know, you can run, you know, they can get out there and run, but if someone decides to do like a dumbass push in the back, it's coming right like it's all for nothing. Um, nothing. although it's, I mean, crazy stat, I think they said he finished either third or fourth. I think, um, I think last week he was, he was second. I think he might have finished second or third in return. Yeah, like, which is crazy to me because I just think he's so inefficient. Like, he's not efficient at all. Like, in my, like, from my eyes, I'm just like, Every time Andre Roberts like goes to catch the ball, I'm like, is he gonna fear catch it? Like, what does he see? Because I see like 17 niggas about to tackle him. Like, what is about <laughs> to happen? So I just think like my peace of mind is to start with Roberts, but apparently on paper, he's great. But I would like to see someone back, you know, in back there. And, and I'm I'm kind of sold on Turbo just because he has that speed. He can cut in and out. He can get behind those big lead blockers. You know, he can, he can sl- slither in and out of there. And I think because he hasn't been used the, as much on offense, this will give him that little bit of confidence so that when, he do, when they do roll him back out there and they do draw that one or two plays up for him, he's taking it and he's going. So I think a lot of it, too, is with Gabriel is that he's rusty simply because we're not using him. So I think getting him on the kickoff mm-hmm. return or the punt return may give him that little bit of extra juice. And then once we're, you know, once Matt Ryan's back out there and we drop a play for him, that can end in six. So shout out to KJ Dallas Gabriel checking with us on the podcast. If you have any questions right now, tweet us at hashtag DBNR. So first thing, all right. So if Hardy or Gabriel were better options as part returners, I feel they already would have taken that job. My second thing is, I'm not a big fan of if they're going to allow them to start to do it. I'm not a big fan of that starting now in the playoffs. Again, I understand they probably all practice doing this all the time, the entire season. But when it comes down to, down to the game and that moment where, you know, the moment of truth where it's, this counts for real, it's not practice. 
I'm not a fan of bringing somebody in new to do that. That's, that's just me personally. But I would love to see Gabriel back there. Well, Roberts was hurt uh, during the game. Oh, yeah. He, he got hurt because he was like half on the field, half on the sideline. Just he just was laid the, the fuck out. <laughs> that's what in, he was. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was in a fetal position. So that's why I think they're doing it because I, I don't know what his injury may be or the extent of it. Yeah, so I mean, it, it could be a boomer bust proposition, but me, I'm just like, hey, man, if you have somebody who's been doing it the whole time, man, and they're able to do it, let's not let's not switch it up. So, all right, cool. Real quick, we got a we got a question from Uh-oh. probably one of the wildest people on Twitter. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> at ATL Blue Jay, his oh. name is hilarious right now. Oklahoma Let's... Blue a 31 to 14 lead. ATL but... Blue Jay. Yeah, this dude is. This dude is hilarious. Okay. He, he, him and Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> him, him and KB might be the same person. I'm not gonna lie. Their tweets be a oh wow hot fire. So he said, "Are we gonna watch the dogs game Monday night?" Um, um you go. Y'all go first. So I'm go- I'm not like invested in the game. I, I so f- like funny shit. I'm a Virginia Tech fan. Um, so we don't get like national title game so I'm, i haven't really been like as interested in into football but i am looking for a secondary team that team that i know that each year is going to find itself like in the in the hustle and bustle of getting into the playoffs so this game here i'm going to watch the game it's going to be like an audition um would love to see uga win because a lot of my followers are you know the falcons followers are like oh if uga wins that means the falcons are going to win i'm like okay well maybe i should root for uga but i do have a lot of friends um and family who are roll tide fans so i'm like just kind of looking on both sides and it should be a good game um but yeah so i guess i guess the short answer is yes i'm gonna watch the game but i'm not rooting for anyone per se okay well you go ahead uh i am not a big college football fan um i'm not i mean i don't have a i don't have a team and I only watch the bowl games. I don't watch anything on Saturday. I mean, I went to Purdue. They won a bowl game, so that was cool. Now I'm a Terp, but I don't follow Maryland football. And, I mean, I'm, I don't have, like, a favorite team. I don't cheer for anyone. I may, I did cheer for Clemson because they were the, under, oh, wow. the underdog. The they were the they were the underdogs, and I was tired of seeing Bama win. Yeah, this this whole podcast is about to get shut down in a few in a few minutes. I I can already see it. Well, people's yeah, mention yeah, people's mentions are about to be kind of hot because well, I'm about to drop some bombs. No, no, my, <laughs> my, my my mentions are about to be hot with, with what I'm about to say. Fuck Clemson. Uh, so <laughs> hold on, let me breathe before I say this. Um, so I don't want UGA to win. What? Shut up. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. This is why. Historically, when Georgia wins, the Falcons lose. I want my fucking ring for the Atlanta Falcons. Like I just said, I'm not with any college program for football, so I don't give one flipping fuck. I want so, UJ to lose. Sorry, not no. I'm not sorry because I want my Falcons to get a ring. So, so her at is at lethal saint. Oh, I've, I've already tweeted you, it. It's already if been you tweeted. Would, yeah, okay, okay. So if you would like Look. to, you know, speak to her 
Personally, Fight me if you want to. I follow a lot of y'all that are UGA fans. A lot of y'all are probably turning off the podcast right now. Um, it is what it is. I want my Falcons to have a ring. I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize. Y'all can block, mute me, whatever. But still tune in for our podcast next week. That's All right. It. So for myself, I... Okay, so full disclosure, I am from Augusta, Georgia. I represent the greatest city on earth, you know. So from, from from the representing the, the legendary James Brown, who without James Brown, there is no modern day R and B. James Brown's from South Carolina. Let's but he that. but he but where's the statue at? Where's the statue at? Where's the statue at? It is where you rep. He has an arena name after him as well. So he reps Augusta. Without him, there is no modern day R&B. There is no modern day dancing. Michael Jackson credits him with being his uh, inspiration. Anyways, so again, I'm not a, I've never been a true diehard college fan, to be honest with you. If anything, growing up, the, the teams that I actually liked to watch were, shit, University of Miami. Like, I was a big uh, Willis McGahee fan when he's at his peak before he blew out his knee. I remember that terrible uh, national championship game they just uh, had the anniversary of 15 years ago where they were cheated, where punk-ass Chris Gamble got a, miss, uh, a missed uh, P.I. on him. The confetti had already dropped. The game was over. Like, that's that's bullshit. But anyways, um, again, I do – I keep up with Georgia just because, again, a lot of the time a lot of Falcons fans are Georgia fans. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but – the team that I will, you know, sit down and actually watch for the most part prior to this uh, Kirby Smart era, era would be the University of Alabama. Again, roll I, that, roll. I like I like running backs. Now, they don't turn out too great in the NFL, but in college they're fun to watch. And they gave us Julio Jones. So, and I even told myself, and I, I think I told my homeboy this, I was like, you know what? Because when they brought in Kirby Smart, I went Mark Rick. I'm like, you know, what? I think I'm gonna officially become a Georgia fan. I never did it, but now it's too late because they're in the national championship, so I can't be like, oh, well, now I'm a Georgia fan. Because then I, I, I'm not gonna make myself a bandwagoner. But I do hope Georgia wins just to give the team and the city that extra juice. Even yeah, though the- uh, Gift Queen thinks it's a bad omen, but it's it's good for the city, man. It keeps bad you know, keeps juju. Energy up. It keeps the energy up, but then it's like a double-edged sword because I like it when Alabama wins because I want Julio Jones to be happy. So I'm kind of, uh, kind of torn in between those those two things. But yeah, I mean, I hope I hope I hope uh, Georgia wins, and I will be watching the game just because I have nothing better to do with my life. But we got a couple more questions if y'all don't mind going. Let's going. go. Let's, let's do it. it. All right. So let's shout out to the legendary artist, Tim Williams, at Tim Williams Art. Hey, I love Tim. I'm actually going to have to holler at him. I need a, I might need a picture drawn for my uh, avatar one day. But, yeah, because he does great work. Uh, the picture he did of Baker Mayfield was hilarious. So Baker Mayfield's a class. I saw the San Francisco <clears throat> picture earlier today, which was crazy. I love that. Yeah. So he asked, what early indicators – on both sides of the ball, should the Falcons fans be looking for a Saturday night that will indicate the team might upset the Rams? Oh, that's okay. Who, who, who wants to start? I'll start. Um, so on both sides of the ball, should the Falcons fans be looking at on defense? Definitely stopping the run. Um, I think Ty Gurley will be an issue. Um, 
I'm gonna go out there and say it. he may he may get a hundred yards on us. I don't I don't I don't think that it would necessarily determine that we'll take an L. But I do think Gurley will still have a big game. I mean, it's against George, uh, the Falcons. You know, he went to UGA. Like it's a, it's a it's it's kind of like a, a pride thing with Gurley. So I think we're gonna see a lot of intensity from Gurley. But I just think being able to wrap up these. Um, these wide receivers, Gurley, um, getting to the getting to the quarterback. If we see those things, if honestly, if we see good tackling as far as like wrapping wrapping them up and pulling them down defensive wise, I think that's a great sign. Just from watching, um, so once we made the playoffs, I went to start watching a lot of Rams film because I hadn't looked at them all season. I haven't, you know, I've been really focusing on my team um, and just watching them. They are e- they they easily break tackles. Um, they just they're constantly moving. So just to being able to see us wrap up and, and tackle, that will be a good sign defensively. Offense, of course, is getting Matt Ryan going, getting that offensive tempo. So I would love to see um, Matt going and in, going into that hurry up offense really early. I think we do really good when we catch um, defenses on their toes. This is a Rams a Rams team with a very young quarterback. I mean, excuse me, not young quarterback, but a young head coach. Um, so this is their first, you know, big rodeo into the playoffs. So it's going to be a lot of jitter. So I would love to see the offense coming out clicking and they're moving fast. If Rat Ryan can get that bat- ball out fast and we're actually catching the ball, we'll get it. We'll get a W easy. Yeah. Um, for me, well, I agree with everything Triple said. Um, also, no run, run pass at the beginning. If we, if we see that, that's probably a bad sign. Uh, no cute plays like that aren't executed well. I mean, we could do cute plays, but if they don't execute, they don't do another cute play right after it. Um, a kick return without penalties, that would be probably the best sign to have. Uh, defense, yes, tackle true on his A game for the whole first quarter, like consistently for the whole first quarter. That will also be a good sign of us going to uh, win. That's all I got because Dribble said most of what I had. My bad, y'all. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> all right. So for me, um, both sides of the ball. So I'm going to start with what I feel is going to be the most important part of the ball just because we struggle in this area's offense. Again, all the experts are going to tell you the same thing, converting third downs, not turning the ball over, establishing the run, being consistent with the play calling. Uh, like Gift Queen said, I, I don't want to see the cute plays. I don't want to see any jet sweeps. I don't want to see not well thought out or well planned screen plays. I don't want to see anything that is going to that is going to be predictable. Like really get in your bag, get a game plan that's going to work, find places where you can exploit some of their players. I think we have great matchups on the outside with our receivers against their DBs with uh, Julio Sanu. I think Sanu has consistently been the best receiver on the team hands-wise, even though he's had his miscues. So I want to see the offense establish the run, give Freeman and Coleman the ball, because the, the, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, Todd Gurley's going to roll over the Falcons. The real story is, are the Rams going to be able to stop us? Because if I'm not mistaken, the Rams' defense is ranked, run defense is ranked 27th in the league. Yeah, so. very trash, very trash. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one thing I want to see Sark do is establish the run. Not run a bunch of sweeps. No sweeps and no tosses. No, no. I'm cool, I, I'm cool with a few tosses, but stop tossing the ball, please. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be sweep right, sweep left, top right, top left. It should be well planned out. If you see it, it's there, cool. But if not, run the ball inside. I want to see Freeman in the game early and often. 
I don't want Freeman coming out the game unless he is tired. I, I, I like Coleman. I get it. But Freeman is the better all-around running back, in my opinion. So I want to see the offense get off to a fast start. I want to see a rhythm. I want to see us get into a great rhythm. It's going to be hard with uh, the injuries we have up front, with Levitre being out and we having uh, to replace him with Ben Garland. It would be hard with him anyways because uh, Aaron Donald's is an animal. So it's going to be uh, tough sledding either way you slice it. But I do want to see consistency. I want to see a rhythm. I want to see us convert third downs. I want to see us score touchdowns. We're not going to win this game if we cannot score touchdowns. Again, Matt Bryant has been great, but we need touchdowns. We need to put pressure on these guys to make them feel pressed to score touchdowns as well because the defense is going to hold it down. I have faith in the defense. Please don't let me down. So those are my points for offense. On defense, essentially keep doing what you're doing. Keep teams out the end zone. Hit people hard. Be disruptive. Don't get penalties. Be consistent. True fun. Last couple of games, man, you you've been you've been false. I need you to be true is scared. True, true is scared. I don't know what he's scared of, but true is scared. <laughs> and shout out to my boy Loki Confucius. This is this is what I was saying earlier in the season on the podcast. I wasn't saying that true's not good. I'm not saying he's not a great corner, but he does not look like the player he has been his entire career this year. I know he's coming off an injury, but we this ain't the time for that. Uh, Alfred, we need you to not be the human PI. You've been doing great of lately. Last week, you played excellent. You, you went Super Saiyan for a couple plays, and you came back down to earth. Then you finished the game You finished the game off with, with a pick. So we need all of that. We need Beasley to be out there being disruptive. Even if you don't get sacks, put pressure on uh, the young boy at quarterback. I forgot his name at the moment. Jared Goff. Put pressure on him. I need Tack to unleash back in his home city, back in his hometown, back where he played college in California, make plays. I just need everybody to be on their end game on defense. Uh, don't give up long third downs. Get to the quarterback, man. Find me later. So th- those are my my takes for the defense, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. Hit hard. Don't play scared. Play loose. And, and just go out there and make plays. So, But, yeah, I think those are uh, so far all the questions we got. Oh, no, we got – Jesus Christ. All right, well, we'll do – we'll do one more question. Pick a good one. It's from he's a big supporter of the podcast. It's uh, Brian at your homie Brian. He asks, uh, "Do you think the Rams are a good matchup for us?" Do you guys want me to go first since I took all the points last time? Yeah, you can have this one. Um, wait, repeat the question. I forgot it now. Do, do you, you think, think the Rams are a good matchup for us? Oh, um, yeah. I like I, I said this earlier when we were kind of like planning, but the Rams look like the 2016 Atlanta Falcons. I know Falcons fans are probably scratching their heads, but with me watching the like you know going and looking at the actual film from all of their games, you see, I mean, some of it is luck, you know, friendly tips, and they get the you know interceptions. But as far as that offense, they're very reliant on Gurley. Um, and then that opens up the play action that opened up those drags across, across the fields. Um, they have an amazing pass rush, amazing pass rush. That's why, you know, one of my points was Matt has to get that ball out quick because they collapse that pocket very quick. Um, but you know, with that being said, I do think it'll be a very close game. Um, I don't see a blowout on either side. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, it's a wild card matchup, but. Yeah, I think I think it's a good matchup overall um, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh no, go ahead. I, am I a little nervous? 
Yeah. I am. I mean, it's the Rams. They're one of the teams that I was like, do I really want us to play them? Just because of their record, not because I've watched them play, because I haven't watched them play, period. But, um, I mean, our defense has held it down enough for me to be confident that we can – that Gurley can be stopped by our defense. But at the same time, I am scared of Gurley. I mean, he's a fucking beast. But I think we can stop him. Um, I, I also think it's going to be a close game. It's definitely not going to be a blowout on either side because both teams, from me looking at records and stats and all that shit, they're, they're good. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I uh, I think we're gonna come out on top though. So yep, that's it. Yeah, that was another point I meant to say for my defensive thing. Definitely, you're not gonna stop Gurley, but just do your best to contain him. But again, if you can try to take him away, we can uh, definitely make Goff win the game. And I think we we have a good chance of stopping him with our pass rushing DBs. But I'm just going through. Yeah, like you like uh, Triple said, they kind of are the Falcons from last. I'm looking at some of the point totals. They definitely yeah. uh they have to they have to score a high number because they have that weaker defense. Like last year. We had to put up 30 and 34, 35 points a game because we couldn't rely on our defense to, you know, to keep them out of the end zone every single time. So, you know, our games we would we, we would win, you know, but teams would still put up 21, 24 points on us. You know? So just looking at, I mean, and then looking at their losses, like the game, the I think their strongest played game um, was the game against the Eagles. And of course, at that time, well, I think the Eagles still are the, the Eagles are still number one, right? Or is, are the Rams one? I think the Eagles are number one. Okay. So like, you know, at that time, they're both the number one and number two team playing against each other. They're, you know, it, it was, it was like a playoff game. So, you know, that's why I said their intensity may be, you know, just may be there. We can't underestimate them being, you know, coming in and not necessarily having that playoff feel because they played a playoff type game with Philly. Fortunately, you know, I guess from looking at it from a Falcon side, the, the, the Eagles got the better, you know, got the better deal out of it. But also Nick Foles came in at the end of that game. Cause that was the game that, um, but got hurt. So um, just watching the Rams, they are competitors, though. They're very well, looking at, looking at some of their scores, though. Okay, so they beat the Colts forty six to nine. Colts are terrible. The Redskins beat them twenty seven to twenty, which is interesting. Uh, they barely beat the Forty Nine ers the first time. They played forty one to thirty nine. They beat the Cowboys thirty five to thirty. They lost to the Seahawks sixteen to ten, which is crazy. That's that's interesting. Uh, they beat the Jags. They blew out the Cardinals 33-0. They dropped 51 on the Giants, which Giants are terrible. Fuck the Giants. <laughs> they dropped 33 on the Texans. Ooh, the Vikings gave them hell. The Vikings beat them 24-7. So when I see scores like the Vikings and just looking at common opponents, we pretty much had the offense scored one touchdown that game, we beat the Vikings. So I'm, when I see common matchups like that, uh, they beat the Saints 26-20. to Common opponent it looks looks pretty good. Um, ooh, they blew out the Seahawks last, the second time they pl- played them. Um, then they lost to the 49ers. But no, they you know. but they set they set all their starters that game, so no yeah, starters so. was in that game. Um, yeah, so it's it's I think I think a lot of people will get hyped up on the scores, but I, I think a lot of people 
are going to be introduced to the Falcons' defense in this playoff game. It's mm-hmm. going to be all eyes on us. So I think they'll actually show out. We're going to be wearing our red uniform, so it's going to be uh, going to be lit. So appreciate y'all uh, chiming in with the questions. We appreciate that. That's why Falcons Twitter is the best Twitter on earth. Y'all are very interactive, and we appreciate that. So definitely, uh, we can. If you want to ask more questions next week, we'll definitely check those out. But uh, just kind of kind of closing out things. Uh, I guess we did our playoff predictions, man. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty much that. I mean, there's not too much more we can say about those games. I did have a wild hot take. I know I'm I'm kind of doing this every week with uh, with the offense. So I had a t- hot take that kind of. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, last year of the national championship with Alabama and Clemson. My hot take was not saying I want this to happen, but what if the Falcons for this playoff game were to not let Sark call the plays? Like, is there somebody else in the building that can call plays? Because Matthew, just- what, I think his middle name is Thomas. Whatever his middle name is, Ryan. Matt Ryan has that mental capacity to call those plays. I do not know why they won't let him do it. When we're in that hurry up offense and Matt Ryan is calling those plays, we move down the field. Then we get in the red zone and Sark starts calling those tosses and jet sweeps. Then here comes Matt Ryan. That's it. That's Yeah. And I was like, you know, is it is it possible that we could do that like with Alabama? They fired a Lane Kiffin or he left. And just, uh, you know, and it happened to be that Sark was the guy to do that. And they lost that game, but that wasn't really his fault. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm like, just watching the Panthers game, I'm like, bro, our offense cannot look like this in the playoffs. This is not going to get it done, man. Like, this is ridiculous. So, uh, that was my hot take, man. Maybe, you know, can we, like, have a an intervention or do some sort of exorcism, like a reverse exorcism <laughs> where we put a spirit in his body to make him call a, a great game? So, that that's my little hot take with that. But somebody said – they made a good point saying that, uh, you know, maybe – Dan Quinn is an average uh, regular season coach and an excellent playoff coach because his record in the playoffs, with the exception of that one game in February, is pretty pretty solid. So maybe uh, you know things that was higher in the playoffs. Again, we're going to have a, a good match be season going against a young coach. I think the youngest coach in the NFL. Yep. So that that's definitely something to look at too, as far as the, the chess match inside of the chess match, which is a football game. So uh, that's my hot take for the week. I had one more thing. Oh, real quick. I know we're kind of running along. Sorry about that. Appreciate y'all rocking with this. But the the, the Falcoholic. So shout out to the Falcoholic. I love y'all. I love what y'all do. Y'all have a lot of great writers. But I, I'm, I'm questioning a little bit who y'all allow to put out content for y'all. Because I know one of y'all's guys, he made a tweet on the 18th of uh, – December. And I'm almost at the point where I'd love to have him on because I know some things get lost in Twitter. You, you know, you can't really convey all your messages in 280 characters. But he said this and myself and Loki Confucius questioned it. And I think he he rocks with y'all too. He said, this is Caleb Rutherford at Falcoholic Zippo. He said the Falcons have the fewest offensive drives for a reason. The defense is not as good as the stats would have you believe, just like the 2012s. Now, the 2012 season, we went 13-3 and and uh, lost to the uh, 49ers in the NFC Championship game Long on call. a – Long call. Well, some say some would say Matt Ryan missed Tony Gonzalez, but there was – I believe there was passenger France on Roddy White, but, you know, hey, it is there what it is. And for the record, we would have beat the brakes off the, the Ravens in the Super Bowl, but that's oh, neither yeah. – oh, Sure would have. With, with Beyonce there, anyway. 
Yeah, so he, I, again, I, this is where I want to hear him talk about it because I'm reading this tweet as a slide on the defense. This is the best defense Matt Ryan has had in his career. This defense, let me pull it up, uh, Mike Conte from 929, he said, this, the Falcons finished regular season defense, eighth in NFL total offense and ninth in total defense. Again, I will I will be critical of the, the analytics guys and the sports nerds and numbers guys, but just from the eye test, this defense is almost at a championship level. I know I got into it one guy's like, oh, well, they're not blah, 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 blah. But we are a couple of drafts away from this defense really being something special. So I can't see how you can fix your thumbs to tweet that this defense isn't as good as people make it out to be. And, again, I might be misinterpreting this tweet. I'd love to have you on the podcast talk about it. Ain't no smoke. I'm just, I'm just curious to your, your thought process for that because that 2012 defense – I'll pull it up for you right now. This 2012 defense featured, featured, featured great players like Croy Beerman, <laughs> Thomas De- Thomas Dacud, who went to the Panthers and was never seen from again, <laughs> William Moore, who was let go once we got the new staff, the great linebacking core of Mike Peterson, who was actually pretty good, got him from the Jags, Stephen Nicholas, pretty good, uh, from he played college South Florida. Robert James, I'm blanking out on him. Akeem Dent. Oh, I remember Akeem Dent. Good old Sean Witherspoon is back in the team. Our secondary feature, Thomas Deku, Dominique Franks, uh, Robert McClain, who's still playing with Tampa, William Moore, Chris Owens, Dunta Robinson, and Sassy Samuels. <laughs> All no, right. Samuel, listen, Samuel was a beast before he got to I did. I, I, he, he was good for a couple years now. I like, I like Samuels. Uh, we featured a great line alignment core of Jonathan Abraham. I like Jonathan Bad. Shout out to Abe. No, Abe was good as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I saw one year. I think the only he only got sacked. He got he didn't get any sacks. I think it's last year against any of our divisional opponents. If I'm remembering this right, so kind of got to have sacks when it matters against the division team. So I mean, but we also did get him on like the latter end of his career. Yeah, I I, yeah. I get it. Uh, Perrier Jerry. Our, our great defensive tackle. <laughs> and, and, and you see what I'm doing. Like, I don't see how this defense, how you can even compare this to the defense featuring those players. Like, Croy Beerman. Like, bro, come on, Doc. Like, right. So, to, I'd, I'd love to hear your thought process on that. Again, we'd love to have you on the podcast discuss that. But, I mean, shoot, if he can write that, I can write for the Falcon Holler. Shoot, holler at me. Shoot, I'll, I'll write y'all some articles. So, but, again, I might be misinterpreting this, but that's just my take. This, this defense is, is – Pretty pretty damn good. It's not Jaguars level defense yet, but I think we can get there one day. And hopefully Matt Ryan is still at the point where he's great where we can, you know, make some, some big noise in our, our organization in those big games. So I just want to address that again. But that's pretty much all I have unless y'all y'all ladies have anything else y'all want to speak about. Um just something really quick. So I think this is like week when do we play the, the Cowboys? Oh, week week eight, week eight. Okay, I th- no week eight, nine, ten, one. Oh, shoot. Let's for, pur- for the purpose of the podcast, <laughs> let's say week eight. All right, week eight could be wrong. You guys tweet me, tell me which week it was. But I remember coming on the show, and you know we had took some crazy, took, took took some really ugly losses. This is around the Miami loss, and what was the other loss we took? Was it Buffalo? 
Yep, Buffalo. Buffalo, Miami, you know, those games that, you know, everyone on Falcons Twitter thought we were supposed to score 60, 70 points. And I remember getting on this show, and it was, you know, I'm not going to point or call out any names, but a particular gentleman on this show, you know. He shout, just said, shout out to Dex. Oh. Shout, shout out to Dex. What's up, Dex? <laughs> Big Packers fan. Whatever. But um, a particular gentleman on this show um, that hosts this show from Augusta, Georgia, he was not really – you know, too pumped about. Wait, wait a minute, this is about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this 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 guy in particular, he wasn't too like. Uh, he he didn't have like positive vibes about the Falcons heading into the playoffs this year, and sure a lot of people. It's a lot, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: if the Falcons make it to the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl. I'm pulling receipts. I got shit in my likes that I'm going to call all you fans that I'm not watching the game no more because we lost to Miami. I'm never watching the Falcons. Like, I'm pulling all the cards out on all of you guys because you guys are back on Twitter now, too. You know who you are. But I remember being on the show, and I was just like, yeah, guys, I'm like, it's all about trends. Like, if we catch the catch that that trend, that's it. Like, it's, it's all about trends in the NFL. You, you just start hot. You know, you could either start hot or end hot. And the Falcons are ending hot. Um, we did it also on that show. How does how does debatable would continue? At the end of the show, you know, we talked about like what we see at the end. I said ten and six and a wild card. I just want to said all that to say that I was right. Hopefully, <laughs> you were wrong. Um, <sighs> and this and shout out to Nate, even though you guys hate on Nate out here, and he took y'all money to take my money, so shout out to my damn money. Shout out to <laughs> Nate, because Nate put out a tweet in the beginning of the year. He was like, what are you, you know, what are, what are the predictions? You put up the little schedule, and I was like, 10 and 6 with a wild card. Tampa Bay wins the division. Now, I was wrong. Tampa Bay is not shit. Tampa Bay probably will <laughs> be shit after the season, and the season after that. But, my 10 and 6 was right about my team. Um, and you know, I said all that to say I'm not going to make any predictions for the playoffs because I never do. Everyone is zero and zero. Everybody's going to play with the extra little pep in their step, so you just never know. But I'm just going to sit back and enjoy, and hopefully, you know, somebody, somebody on Falcons Twitter will be heading out to uh, the Twin City for the Super Bowl to watch the Falcons because I'm not going up there in the cold. Well, it's, it's inside, but I mean, I get it. You still okay, have to, you have to walk inside. It's cold. Okay, so. All right, so I did. I I did post my uh my prediction. A lot of people were interacting or saying their predictions for the season. So you got to have receipts. I actually posted mine on my account at Southpre seven hundred six, so you can look it up. I post it, and again, okay, I get it. I'm just being. I'm just being real. Like at that moment in time, anybody I looking at how Sark was it. conducting this offense, it, it it left again it left a lot of room for uh for for doubt. And I'm glad we're we're getting. We're in the playoffs, you know, zero and zero. But anybody with a healthy set of eyes could look at this team like, yeah. So real quick, again, we're about to close out. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. My prediction for the season, I made this prediction pre-draft on April 29th, uh, 2017. I said we were going to go 12 and four. And when you look at the games and you look at how the season went, we could have easily went 12 and four. Easily went 12 and four. So I had us. Went against Chicago, went against Green Bay, went against Detroit, which we all did. And then I had a, had us a win against Buffalo, which has new and Julio not got hurt. And uh, who chested the ball bounce off? I think it was uh, Hooper or somebody. And we had the interception late in the game. We could easily start it 4-0. Cool. 
going into the bye, I had us beat Miami, which again had a there not been a questionable hit on Jay Cutler, which negated an interception and led them to score late in the first half. I believe we could have won that game. He passed for 151 yards that game and he won. Like that is terrible. So I predicted we win that game. I did predict the L for the New England game, which we did lose. I had us win against the Jets. I had us losing against Carolina. I had us winning against Dallas. I originally had us winning against Seattle. I'm like, you know what? If we have to lose a road game, it would be against Seattle after what happened last year where they clearly cheated us, where Leo Jones was held by, like, everybody on their defensive backfield. So I picked that as an L. I picked us beating Tampa Bay, which we did. I picked us beating Minnesota just because I was, wasn't was sold in the quarterback play. Again, we could have won that game if the offense would have paid their half a minute and scored a touchdown. I had us beat New Orleans on Thursday night, which we did. I had us beat in Tampa Bay. I had us losing New Orleans on the 24th, which we did, and I had us beating Carolina. So my misses were, I mean, they were, they were not off that that much. It, it's just you know, it just uh, whatever. We're in the playoffs for zero zero. Let's get it. Uh, Gif, you got anything? Um, I I just I have to address this really quick. Oh Lord Jesus! Um, oh gosh. So Atlanta, I can't find this shit on their um fucking Twitter page, but they dropped some video with Jermaine Dupree. Oh lord. Oh yeah, the po the um, season thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't find it anymore because maybe they deleted it because I saw they got a lot of flack for it, which good. Oh let me First let me see all, if they did. Oh yeah I'm gonna take a look. <laughs> Yeah. First of all, I would like to know when oh, I don't follow Jermaine Dupree. I, I don't I don't follow him. I don't follow I all I know is that Confessions album with Usher was about him and Janet Jackson. I know Janet left him and now they're allegedly back together and I know he's bankrupt. That's Wait. all I know about Jermaine Dupree. When has he been a lifelong Falcons fan? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that, is that new? No, 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 no. In, in defense of Jermaine Dupree, Jermaine Dupree has always been for the city of Atlanta. Jermaine Dupree okay. is one of the reasons why most of the black people that stay in Atlanta that are not from Atlanta are there in Atlanta. So I think he is very fundamental in what we know of Atlanta. So to, to say that, like, to say that he's not like, now it'll be different. You put like Gucci man up there because Gucci man just did the Super Bowl party with the Patriots. That's like something like, mm. and and he had a bar on uh, Rick Ross. I'm talking about. Uh, I'm like Bill Belichick. I went and run another ring. I'm like, bro, come on, dog. Yeah, on, so bro. like, it'd be can't different if you, if you do something. If you if you put out people that like, they got kind of have like a bad reception. But I think Jermaine Dupri was a good pick. Um, it, it was a left field pick, but it makes sense to me. Um, I with them doing that. Don't see it. As much as they see, play welcome to Atlanta see, in that dome, like why not? I, I get that, but I don't know about lifelong Falcons fan. I've never known, I've never seen him rocking with me in the stadium. So I don't know where that came from. But that song crap was a bunch of bullshit. That was the most horrible shit I've ever heard in my life. It wasn't even a song. It was at first, he was welcome to Atlanta where the Falcons play. And that was, like, cute. And then he just started talking over the beat. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, out of all people in the world, you could have 
I don't know, Big Boy has been a dedicated, lifelong Falcons fan. From, I got a better one. I, I got remember a better one than that. Growing up, and he could have spit something way better on like a new track. You know what I'm saying? Other than him spitting at the first two seconds and then talking for the rest of the two minutes and 16 seconds of this god awful video. So what's your so so who they could have got shout out to Adolphus Savage. Me and him was at a Falcons game. I forgot which one it was a couple years ago. And I had to rub my eyes and like, hold up. Like, bruh, I'm like, is that Pastor Troy? And I was like, wow, that's Pastor Troy. And I had to rub my eyes again. I'm like, hold up. Does this Negro have a flip phone? Like, what's going on, bro? Like, <laughs> Pastor Troy still walks around with the WWF belt. Yes, yes. Pastor Troy, yes. Actually, I, uh, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm going to save the hot take for later about Pastor Troy because he's from Augusta also, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, he had the championship belt and he had a flip phone. And I was very confused about that. So I was like, all right. They could add him to a, to a song or two. But to close out the podcast, we, we cannot close out the podcast on a mentioning the legend. Of Falcons Twitter, Kevin Brown at play oh, KB. I gotta go. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. But this is—he actually—he actually had something that made some sense. Uh oh, let's hear. And and I was thinking about this earlier too because we we get arguments about uh about quarterback. Shout to Marcus Sniffle, who always tries to harass me about uh, Aaron Rodgers being the guy QB. So play KB said, "2010 Packers played like shit in the regular season, but went 10 and six and got the sixth seed." They won all those road games in the playoffs to a Super Bowl ring. Falcons had the same ability to do this. I had the ability to do the same. This is the most logical tweet. I feel like he might have been hacked when this tweet was made. Yeah, this is like the most. This is the most logical. This is the most logical tweet I've seen Kevin Brown make. So maybe he's a uh, turned over the new leaf. So. Nah, I'm not buying it. I need next time he tweets something so positive, I need to see, like <laughs> a live video of him typing it. Yeah. So. Agreed. Oh shout shit. To him. Shit, last thing. Last oh, my thing. God. Last thing, guys. So, remember when I told y'all I was going to get on the field and nobody believed I could do it? Well, fuck y'all. I didn't get on the field, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. So, these people next to me, there was a nice white couple, and they had field passes, right? So, they were leaving and they were like, hey, I have these field passes. I heard that you really want to get on the field because I was talking about it. So they said that after the game that you may be able to sneak down there and go to the field, right? So I was like, oh, shit. I love you, white people. Thank you so much. <laughs> Took the passes. And I think it was at like two minutes when I was like, okay, we're winning. There's no way Panthers could come back. I took my boy, the real J12, and we ran. Like we booked it up out, down the stairs, got to the first lady, showed her the passes. She was like, go downstairs. I was like, oh shit, my nigga, we really about to go down here on the field. Go run. We're, we're zooming through the fucking stadium. Get past next security. Get past the third lady. Well, you know, I don't know how we did this because at the beginning we saw where the field entrance was and where they ushered us into. We ended up in the Falcons players family room. <laughs> so they, so we got in this room and I'm thinking, Oh, we're waiting to just go on the field. Right. It's red, white and black seats, like some fancy ass leather. 
there's a table with all this food like pretzels coke tea chips cookies and i hear behind me yeah yeah this is a falcons players family's family room and i'm like nigga how the fuck did we just get in here and there's like these fucking goons of the players like you could tell some they got some like nigga cousins in there and shit and there's just like you, somebody's hoe was in there because she was all looking at us all stank and stuff you could tell she was a hoe you know one of the players i'm just saying because she was looking at us all stank family members were coming in and i was like oh my god like i was shaking i was like nigga we ain't supposed to be in here but we're in here i was like shit we was gonna wait so he got food he got a whole plate of food and a drink and we we're just sitting there and they were looking at us oh and i saw a dude sitting there with a jacket on the back of it said bird gang and i'm pissed off because why that nigga got some and i don't have my fucking t-shirt i need y'all to fix that shit anyways so we're sitting there chilling i'm like i'm gonna meet the players i'm staying here all night until the players come in here and they're gonna be like who the fuck is that and then i'm gonna book it out because i was like i'm gonna take some pictures and shit you know this is nigga shit. I'm about to take some pictures. I'm about to milk this shit. But they checked our tickets and they kicked us out. So that's my story. Well, with that being said, uh, just the Dirty Bird Nation report. We have savages and uh, uh, ninjas on the podcast. So appreciate that. Check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Definitely write a review on Apple Podcasts. All y'all that are always stuck in traffic, check out the committee podcast. We'll give you a good laugh while you're in traffic. And uh, we out. Peace. Bye, y'all.